This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, I think uh, Born, uh, Born in the USA came out and, you know, blew people away. You know, I had a copy of that on cassette, like, you know, probably millions of other people did and played it back and forth and over and over and over. And, and I remember, I distinctly remember hearing the summer that that came out at some point on the radio, they played Born to Run. And I was kind of like, sounds like the guy Bruce Springsteen I just heard, but it's not on the not on the tape I have. So he must have a new song that come out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is um, another new buddy from the Northeast. He is um, in Boston doing the lockdown like the rest of us. I'm here in Dallas doing the lockdown. Chris, glad to have you here. Thank you, Jesse. It's great to meet you. Uh, it is great to meet you. Why don't you tell my audience a little about yourself? Give us your elevator speech. Sure. Uh, I am a physical therapist. I actually teach physical therapy at Northeastern University here in Boston. Uh, I grew up in New York City, um, so I had a little bit of a close proximity to uh, Bruce's music growing up. Um, I'm married. I've got two kids. Both are teenagers, so they're keeping us busy. Um, that's pretty much the nutshell. Very nice. Um, I um, are you in lockdown? Are you are you considered um, essential services uh, right no, now? No, uh, I'm not uh, because I teach and I don't do clinical care. I'm not uh, essential, so I'm I've been working from home, kind of locked down for uh, just about five weeks now. So it's mm-hmm. kind of become a new way of life. Yeah, I um, as my listeners know, I started a new job in February. Um, and, um, we are, we offer roadside assistance for RVs and automobiles. And so we are considered essential, but we are a hundred percent working from home. So it's really weird that I've started a new job. Like, like I have now, I counted, I started February 10th. So I'm like 65 days into a job and like a month into it, we all went home. So... (laughs) So I luckily with, you know, uh, we have teams uh, so you can, you know, with, we all have cameras. So we're getting to see people. But right. uh, every once in a while, uh, my wife or son will go, do you know that agent? I go, no, I don't know that agent. <laughs> I don't know them at all. So, yeah, it's uh, but I'm grateful that I'm able to work from home. Yes, so. same here. All right. So, Chris, I always like to start at the beginning. So talk to me about you said you grew up in New York. Talk about your family. What kind of music did your family listen to? What 
kind of, you know, were, was it a musical childhood? Talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I grew up uh, in the 80s, and I, I feel like my memory of listening to music was my parents having what was called the oldie station on the time. Um, and there was a lot of 50s and 60s uh, music played. I remember a lot of doo-wop stuff, uh, Beatles, um, you know, kind of maybe some 70s rock stuff. Uh, I feel like there was a copy of the two copies of uh, albums that I remember my parents having on their stack was um, – copy of the who's tommy and uh jerry rafferty's baker street i feel like those are burned in my head but, <laughs> um so but i remember in the car there's a lot of that 50s doo-wop would go on my dad would listen to that um so that was sort of the you know there was i wouldn't say there was always music on but that would you know was, that would be my if i could put a soundtrack to my uh early years that's what i would put it to so were you a fan of it or were you just that's what you listened to I think I grew to be a fan. I remember um, as I got a little bit older in my 20s, uh, buying some you know, CDs with doo-wop, 50s music on it, almost a sort of nostalgia. I think I, I remember in college studying to it. Um, so it just became kind of a comfort zone uh, for some of that stuff. As I got older, I appreciated some of the – like, for example, the, the Who's Tommy is, is sort of a classic. And, and yeah. you know, so, so there are some parts of it that – I later recognized that they had some good taste, but, uh, you know, it gave me at least an appreciation for what came before. When you started reaching junior high and high school, um, I take it you found your own genre of music, right? What were you listening to then? So I, I would say probably somewhere through junior high would be uh, where I hit my kind of, it was about 83, 84 um, and I was sort of all over the map. I, I liked, uh, I remember U2 and The Police, uh, Van Halen. Uh, I had this sort of small heavy metal side of me that, that got kind of planted a seed back in those days. Um, I grew up in, in the 80s in New York City. There was a lot of hip-hop going on, so I kind of got a little exposure to some of that stuff. So I was I was really all over the map with, with my musical taste in, in, in those days. You know, what's funny is um, I grew up, in the 70s I, I was i graduated high school in 77 so i was the just the maybe i guess the am 60s would be truly um you know the am radio but in the 70s um you know the am station was king in the small town that i grew up on um i my parents were all early 50s rock and roll like Fats Domino, Bobby Darin, but mostly country music. Um, And so I, you know, kind of rebelled against that going into high school, loving a little bit of Kiss, um, loving, um, you know, the Eagles and and this, uh, the 70s pop of, you know, Boston and and, um, Manford Band and all these other, you know, 70, even... God help us, Casey and the Sunshine Band, you know, all this, this 70s queen uh, pop music. Um, and it wasn't until later I came back and realized there's some beauty to Merle Haggard and Hank Williams. Sure. And, and you know, that the whole three chords and a truth, um, yep. you know, that I now definitely recognize the greatness of Johnny Cash. Um, you know, one of our big memories was when Johnny Cash was on – TV on Saturday night, we did sit down as a family. It was not optional. Wow. You know, your butt would be on the couch watching Johnny Cash. Um, that's funny. Um, 
So I, I, I just yeah. want to interrupt for a second. I, I have to talk about what you said about the country music. I would I would say the the one slice of music that I I felt like I I just had no understanding of was country music, and I am finishing up the uh, Ken Burns documentary that aired last fall, and there's this whole area of like, wow, this is really cool stuff that I just just had no idea about. So I, there's some really good stuff out there. I um I love that documentary. In fact, I had um Jeff. Callaway, who lives here in Dallas, joined me, and we had an episode just devoted on that. Oh, wow. um, it, I knew a lot of it because of my parents, but my wife and I watched this, and we are big Ken Burns fans, right? Like, we're going to love any documentary he does, but this one, and and um, I have a real good friend named Junior, who, um, whenever he talks about the Marvel movies, um, when someone says, oh, I didn't go see that. And he always goes, um, no, 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 it all goes together. You, right. you have to see all of them because they all fits together. And f- for our audience, um, Chris and I are on video so we can see each other. I'm putting my fingers together to show a weaving. And the more you watch that Ken Burns documentary, you go, "It, the Carter family, Jimmy Rogers, and from those two roots – Everything flowed. I mean, yeah. it truly does all flow together to Hank Williams, to, to Johnny Cash, to, you know, uh, on and on. So um, it, it's expensive, but they have a soundtrack oh, to cool. the documentary. It's like five or six CDs. And it's uh, you could probably listen to it on Spotify. It gives you a wide range of music that was a lot of fun. So if you want to just kind of exercise your brain a little bit um, for that genre of music, that's that's kind of fun to check out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like it was a good w- way for me to dip my toe in the water for some things that I'd never really been exposed to. And I think it's fascinating. You see Marcellus, you know, this jazz trumpeting talking about the beauty of country music and um and how it is similar to jazz than you would have thought like a texas swing band and jazz have more in common than you would have thought so yeah i'm glad you enjoyed that that's that's kind of cool so nice yeah all right so you're you a little bit of hip-hop a little bit of rock and roll so when did you discover bruce so I, I would say probably like most kids that grew up in the 80s, um, you know, I think uh, Born uh, Born in the USA came out and, you know, blew people away. You know, I had a copy of that on cassette, like, you know, probably millions of other people did and played it back and forth and over and over and over. And and I remember, I distinctly remember hearing the summer that that came out, at some point on the radio, they played Born to Run. And I was kind of like, sounds like the guy Bruce Springsteen I just heard, but it's not on the not on the tape I have, so he must have a new song that come out. So <laughs> yeah, I'm 12 or 13 years old, and obviously very uninformed. Um, so I just I had no context that this was you know a fourth or fifth album of, of somebody as opposed to a new a new artist. Um, so I I kind of started. I didn't, I wouldn't say I got any of his old stuff at that point, um, but you know I would just be a little more open minded to it, and I. Uh, I think I remember the next album I got was that live, you know, the three disc live album. He sure. And I remember thinking it would be more stuff like Born in the USA and being like, huh, it's not the radio friendly stuff that a 14 year old might want to listen to. 
So you know, I would hit skip a couple times and you know just go back to listen to Born in the USA. Um, so that was sort of my my gateway at the time. Well, I think you are not alone. I think there are thousands, if not millions, of fans that will um, will talk about that Born in the USA was a gateway. And I do think sometimes. Um, "Quote unquote snobby Springsteen fans, you know, kind of put their nose up like, "Born oh, in the USA." Oh, yeah. But you know, it's a freaking good album. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, it it is, and uh, there is no shame in being commercial. Um, what cracks me up, Chris, is um, when I graduated from high school in '77. Like I said, um, you know, Barry Manilow, you know, Queen. Um, Boston, Kiss, big Kiss fan, loved Kiss. And I happened to run across a Beach Boy 8-track. That's how old I am, called huh. Endless Summer. It was a collection. It would it was a double 8-track. It it's a two-album disc, if you'd gotten it uh, from an, on a turntable. And it was a collection of their music. And I fell in love with the harmonies of Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, just... I, I never heard anything like it. I, I just immediately was captivated. And so I'm going and buying every Beach Boy, you know, uh, cassette or album I could find. Eight tracks, whatever, you know, back then. Mm. And um, when I picked up Pet Sounds, which to many people, including me, is considered Brian Wilson's masterpiece, I put in it and I go, well, this doesn't sound like surf music. <laughs> this this is nothing. Wow, this song doesn't even have lyrics. Right. It's just an instrumental. What is this? Okay, I'm going to go back to Surfing USA. And um, it was only with age and my ears understanding um, that I learned to appreciate the beauty of what that is. So I'm guessing you have a similar story to tell about some of Bruce's music. Sure. I think that's a great analogy. And I could, I could sort of walk back. Um, so like I said, my, my intro was, was uh, Born in the USA. And one of my favorite songs from that was Glory Days. And when you're 14 years old, it's a funny story about some old guy, you know, looking back and, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's, no, there's no relation. There's no corresponding right. experience. So then you fast forward 25 years and all of a sudden plus and you think, oh, man, I'm that guy, you know. And so the, I think what, what I found looking as I've grown up a little bit is that a lot of the music I appreciate from him is now that I'm maybe in the uh, or could put myself into the story that the song is telling to think, wow, that's that's what that song is about. It's, you know, and now there's a looking back that I can appreciate because I can look back X number of years. I graduated from high school in 1990. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going on this year will be 30 years to go back. Well, geez, 30 years ago, what was important to me? And, you know, I, did I make this team or did I, you know, go out with this girl? And so now that's really super unimportant, but you know, those who might live in that role, you know, or live in that past or, you know, if those are the best days of your life, what, what haven't you done in the past 30 years? So I think that's a, an, a song from that album that, you know, was catchy and, you know, good beat. And you can dance to it at the time. But now looking back, think, man, this song's 
really prophetic and, and means a lot more or a lot different things now than it did in 1984. You know, Chris, a um, couple of things there that you remind me of is, one, um, you have probably not heard this song um, since you are co- – country music is – you know, kind of a um, a blind spot for you. Um, Brad Paisley has a song called A Letter to Me. Okay. I would jot that down, Google it, and uh, you will go, oh, that's why Jesse wanted me to watch that. Um, <laughs> and um, the it's, it's him, if I could write a song back to, if I could write a letter to me at 15, what would I tell him? Gotcha. So um, I think... I've had other people on the uh, tell a similar story, and I cannot remember who said it, but someone said, um, "You can't appreciate Tunnel of Love till you've had your heart broken a couple of times." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that that album, or have been married for a while to understand that that persona and what he's the singer's stories are telling in that. And and I think that's very insightful of you, Chris, that um, as we age, um, Glory Days is always going to be a fun song. And I'm going to think of that video with, you know, little Steven and the mandolin and Max twirling the drumsticks. And it it is a classic um, video and a song that I never get tired of hearing. You know, it, if it, I never punch it out. If it's on the radio, I smile and dance along with it. But there is a depth to that song that we we now see on this side of the aisle. Sure. Um, and I, I think that's really well done. So, did you did you go back and kind of explore the other catalogs, or or how how would you do that? How would you say I... your your fandom started growing? So I would say, uh, so you mentioned Tunnel of Love. So I, I remember I had one of those, um, I forget it was like CBS Record Club, one of the things where you sent the penny in. And then, yes, absolutely. So I was I was that one of those kids. And I remember as soon as they said Tunnel of Love was coming out, I'm like, well, I liked the last one, so this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe 16-year-old me was like, I don't like any of the songs on this album. Yeah. Um, so exactly what you just said. So that got put away and i'd say my you know the late 80s i kind of had a bit of a, a dry spell i don't know that i really listened to bruce much for probably a long time the early sure. mid 90s um and it wasn't until i got out of college that i i picked up um the you know the the born to run and really explored that a little bit and, and realizing like oh my god this is there's a ton of stuff i don't know about <laughs> yeah so I think it, I would say from late 80s until late 90s, early 2000s, I would say I wasn't Bruce wasn't really on my map. I had a couple songs that I liked. And uh, and I think as I, I think I picked up Born to Run. And then I think when Napster was a thing back in the 2000s, I would, you know, oh, well, I like Rosalita and I like this one and mm-hmm. I like that one. And yeah. I would just sort of cherry pick the few songs I knew Um and then I would say it was probably maybe about 10, 15 years ago um, where I started just picking up all the albums and, you know, really diving deep into them. And I would say I'm uh, if I had a rate, you know, I don't I know this isn't a contest, but I would say, you know, I'm, I'm a I still have work to do. If you want to put sure. it that way, 
Uh, I probably have all of his recordings at some point uh, in some form, but I would say I don't. Uh, there are some albums that get played more often than others, and sometimes I'll just hit random and repeat, you know, shuffle and yeah, like, oh, geez, what album is this on? And um, so I think my little valley there was sort of, you know, other stuff was going on and I was exploring other music. But um, I think as I've gotten older, um, maybe I've sort of my my sort of uh, exponential growth or however you want to quantify it because I'm older and because I can put myself into various stories. And, you know, like you said, you're you're somebody who's married or somebody who has a job or somebody who has kids or somebody who's, you know, maybe lost a job or, you know, you put yourself into these things and, and not that you're experiencing all the things that that person in the story is experiencing, but, oh, this is really good. I've, I've felt that way once and I, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I was a casual fan like you. I, you know, like everyone else, bought Born in the USA. I bought Tunnel Love. I bought the live set and then kind of drifted away. Um, didn't buy Human Touch or uh, Lucky Town, you know, kind of just didn't worry about it. I picked up the greatest hits when it came out. And so I certainly would have said I'm a, um, I'm a Springsteen fan, but not a major fan. Then two things happened. One, um, 9-11 happened, and I saw him on that um, telethon or that tribute where they did, um, you know, My City of Ruins mm -hmm. to Candlelight. And that was such a powerful video. I went, wow, this is great. And so I bought The Rising, and then I listened to it, but I didn't listen to it you know i just bought it and then 2002 was the first show i attended had never had the opportunity for whatever reasons had never got to see bruce perform live and that's i'm going to ask you that in a minute sure and when i went in 2002 he was doing the rising tour so i probably knew four songs that he did totally and my wife's like are you happy i said if you know if I hear him do Born to Run, I don't care if I know nothing else. I'm happy. I got my money's worth. I got to hear Bruce Springsteen do Born to Run live. Right. Um, and at the end of the concert, I felt like I had gone into a movie halfway, and I loved the movie, but I didn't hmm. understand it. And so I was like, I'm desperate to get to the front and see that first part of the movie. And then that's when I started becoming – passionate slash obsessed and started gotcha. buying albums and listening and listening and listening. And so I say often on the show, two kinds of people, the people that go to their first Bruce Springsteen show and go, wow, oh, that was long. <laughs> and the second are go, oh my goodness, I need to know more about this man. So before I ask you the question, I want to preface, I do not believe the amount of times you've seen Bruce Springsteen perform live is a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are based on your where you live, your age, your economic background, circumstances, I have seen passionate fans have seen him never. And I have seen passionate fans. I've had people on the show that have over 300 shows. Wow. So just for the record, though, have you seen him live? Yeah, I've seen him once. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just above that, that, yeah. that, that level. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, I, my 
fandom, I would say, as uh, my, my daughter was born in 03, and I don't know what, I don't think there was a trigger necessarily, but I think as I started to get more, um, you know, obtain more of the albums and listen to them and, and you know, find some gold that I didn't know about, um, they became more of a, this is what I'm listening to, or we put stuff on at work or in the car. Um, so I would say that, you know, for from like, oh, maybe 2000, uh, I, I enjoyed The Rising as well, uh, through maybe oh. Oh, five, oh, six, oh, seven, somewhere in there. Like, okay, this is I'm I'm a fan now, and and um, and then realize that well, I I'd like to see him at some point, um, you know. And the tours don't come around as often as probably they did years ago, and when they do, they're they're a little pricey, and, and you know. you've got two teenagers to raise, yeah, and so. you know, and <laughs> you know. So I, the, I know physical therapy, teaching physical therapists is not exactly rolling in bucks, right? Yeah. So you, it, I, I hear exactly. you. <laughs> so you have to be choosy. Um, so I think this is actually a fairly uh, funny story. We were just talking about this recently. Um, so my wife surprised me for my 40th birthday with um, with tickets to see the show. My, my, it was playing on my birthday. Um, so I was kind of like, all right, well, my wife says, that's, she's not a fan necessarily, but thought, this is important. It's my 40th birthday. It's, it's literally on my birthday. Um, so she bought the months in advance. And in the interim between the show and her buying the tickets, my son was scheduled to have his tonsils removed. Um, and, and, you know, those of you that have had that, you know, kids, he was probably, uh, let's see, this was maybe seven years old, maybe. Right. So, you know, it's not the best time of a kid's life, you know. Yes. Um, so I remember, you know, we were by his side and we, you know, took turns staying home with work and taking care of him. But we said, okay, we'll just leave him with my mother-in-law for the night and we'll, we'll just get our one night out. You know, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, and saw the show and I can talk about that. Um, you know, played for three plus hours and, and like you said, hit some, hit some songs where I'm like, I don't know that one, but I'm gonna have to, that's a good one. I should investigate, played the ones I wanted to hear, came home. I was like, wow, that was, thank you so much. You, you know, I appreciate it. And I'm so happy that I had this gift and got to spend it with her. And then went to bed and within what seemed like seconds, uh, my son came in, uh, I don't know what pain medicine he was on and had a reaction to claiming that a crab was biting his throat. Um, oh, no. if we could make him stop, you know, make the crab stop biting my throat. So, you know, obviously it was hallucinating a little bit. The poor kid mm-hmm. was having a rough night and, uh, we, we were able to take care of him, but that's my, my, the two memories of my brew show were, were <laughs> my poor little boy getting, uh, you know, a little bit of reaction to his post-op and one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. That's, that's funny. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, I, um, I do not remember what was going on, but, um, Bruce was coming during the reunion tour. So that must've been, you know, 98, 99, and he came to Dallas, but there was something going on with my son, some kind of either a a school dance or something that he was involved in. And um, back then, you know, picking him was more important than well, just, OK, so I don't see Bruce. Now they make the joke that I would have said, <laughs> Oh, Bruce is playing the same day as your wedding. Oh, well, film the wedding for me. You know, right. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. it'll be nice. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I get that, and that's that's a uh, obviously he is okay now. 
but that is a funny memory to have that tying to that, yes. you know, concert. That's great. Um, so. Do, as you talked about, um, as you've grown in your fandom, are there songs that you've already talked a little bit about Glory Days and how you've become that guy? Are there songs, other songs of his that have kind of taken a special place in your heart or with your family? So there's a, I actually jotted down some songs that, uh, that are favorites, but I think if you want to kind of put it into that context, I would say one of the ones that um, probably that if I had heard when it came out, it wouldn't have meant anything, but Better Days is one of them. Um, and I think that's one you truly have to be, you know, older and looking back at and maybe a little more introspective about what, what path you've taken. Um, and so I think that was, that would, that would fit that bill. I mean, there's a hint, there's, there's lots and lots of songs that, you know, if, if I'll drive around the block an extra time because it's on or, um, but that's one that I would say fits that description pretty, so, pretty perfectly. So Chris, my, my regular listeners are smiling because they know what's coming. Um, when people ask me, especially who are non fans, Oh, do you, boy, you're a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, you know, what's your favorite song? Well, no, that's not fair. Give me your top three songs. And I will sure. say um, Land of Hope and Dreams, Better Days, and the third one depends on the day. Um, <laughs> but um, when I was in the Philippines um, for work, they they said, hey, um, you're a visiting you know, director from the U.S. And we like visiting ex directors and le higher levels, VPs, to do a talk for both the day shift and the night shift. And what we'd like you to do, we only need 20, 30 minutes, but we would like you to tell a little bit about yourself and then talk about something, share something with the team you would like to do. And so, um, and I picked better days as my theme. Okay. And I said that you, some people may think it's a love song, but, um, I believe it's a song that's telling you, you've got to enjoy the journey that, um, these are the better days. Too many of us go, well, when I get the kid out of diapers, then we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. When I get that promotion, then we'll take the vacation. When I find my soulmate, then I'll be happy. And and you miss, while well, it's all just pissing away, right? Slipping right. away. Um, so that is one of my songs that I cling to. Um, I was, I, I'm lucky enough to be a cancer survivor. Three years ago, I had colon cancer. Everything's oh, fine now. Good for you. But um, Better Days, Land of Hope and Dreams... Um, no surrender is another really strong song, but um, and and I'm I tell my team about that now as we're facing this COVID nineteen that these are the better days. I know it doesn't seem like it, and it seems like it's dark times, but there are little blessings you can find every day if you appreciate it. So you saying better days means a great deal to me because it makes you and I Cole, we, we, we are, we are kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I appreciate that. That's, um, and I, I won't repeat what you said. You basically summed it up. I think if, you know, if you're not, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to murder the lyrics. So I'm not going to 
try, but the, the, about, you know, not being comfortable living your own skin, you know, and if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about what could change or what could be better and not satisfied with where you're at, um, there's a, there's a lot of truth in that song. And I think that's, you know, globally, I think that's what I like about the majority of the songs is they think they're, they're, they're telling things the way they are. Um, and that would be one that I think is, uh, you know, resonates more than, you know, especially now in my station in life. Yeah. Um, I, I often, um, when our company is really big about having a quote on your outlook signature and for a while mine was, it's a poor man living in his own skin who can't stand the company. Right. And, and I think that says so much about, um, liking yourself and making the decisions that make you comfortable with yourself when you are choosing what to choose in life and how to make decisions, what, not only what's the right thing, but what is the thing you're going to be able to live with is, is damn fine advice. Yeah. No, that's well said. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay. You, you're winning the contest so far. (laughs) Uh, Not that it's a contest. Do you have any others, a couple others you might want to share? I I mean, I think, you know, for songs that, I, I, you know, resonate. I mean, I, I, we already talked a little bit offline about Thunder Road. I mean, that's going to be my number one and that's a fairly stereotypical one, but I think, um, I've heard him talk, I think it was one of his unplugged specials or something where he talked about it being a, a blank page or an open book and you know, the beginning of a journey. And I think you can apply the lyrics of that song to many things. Um, you know, as far as things being full of hope and, and, and starting out and, uh, you know, having everything full of promise. So the Thunder Road's always going to be the top of my list. Um, I'll, I'll use an example of uh, one that wasn't a favorite until recently would be Growing Up. Uh, I was a, I'm a hardcore rule follower. I'm going to always be the, you know, my kids make fun of me when I'm in a parking lot that I won't, you know, if there's no one in front of me, I won't pull through to the, I'll, I'll back out because um, yeah. it's against the rules. You can't do that. Um and that movie is that song is just all about rebellion <laughs> and doing what people, you know, tell you not to do. And um, but I, I the spirit of it is fantastic. And I think you know you listen to just the the energy and the the spirit that that song captures is is a favorite. Um, you know, and I especially like it when you hear it live. And he tells all the stories about being a teenager and you know mm-hmm. what growing up to him meant. Um, there's a couple others at Badlands is one that is is just, you know, musically is amazing. And, you know, I'd say these days, especially with, you know, the the climate of uh, the where we are politically is, is that Badlands sort of like resonates a little bit. Um, I'd say uh, Jungle Land is just I think that's a masterpiece. Um, it's like three songs rolled into one. Um, I think that's an example of a song. I don't really know what it's fully about. Uh, I think it means a little bit different. Maybe as I dive into a lyric, maybe I understand something or, you know, but I think it's a good example of that's just it's just a magical song. I I, I, that's a song where if if I've I've made my son time the the uh, saxophone solo where I'm like, okay, we're not going anywhere for two minutes and nine seconds. Just buckle in, you know, so if we're close to home, we're going around the block. Sure. Um, So, um, you know, there's definitely some songs like that. I, I. I listened to the Broadway show when it came on Netflix last year and, and um, I had never heard the song, the wish before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's another example of, you know, again, you're looking at your parents through the eyes of an adult and what that's like. And so I, I think there's a there's a number of songs that would that give you that sort of chills or or bring you to that. Okay, this is um, this is a message that I want to listen to. So I, I have to share this story, and I, I hope this brings a smile to your face. Um, I was listening to The Wish, and I started crying um, because um, I had lost my father in 2011. And, um, and I realized I still have my mom. So I turn off The Wish, and I call my mom. And I'm kind of tears in my eyes, and I'm... Hey mom, you know how are you doing? Oh, fine, Jesse Wayne, because I'm Jesse Wayne to my okay. mom, and and I'm trying to explain to her that this song, and she did not get it at all. I mean, she's like, <laughs> you know, so what? It's a wish. It's a you know, <laughs> and and we ended up just having a regular conversation, um, and my wife hugged me and says, I, I understand what you were trying to do. And that is so your mom that she would not get that. Um, yeah. Um, that's, that's a song that I think is, is really beautiful. And, um, and especially when, you know, um, when you watch the Netflix special and he talks about his mom now fighting Alzheimer mm. and he says, but you'll know me. Right. And you know, she doesn't necessarily know him breaks your heart. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the story, I think having that be my introduction to the song was probably the perfect way to do it. Um, and then now I just appreciate it differently. Yeah. Um, so those are a handful. I mean, there's a couple others I wrote down, but I think it's, uh, you know, there's certainly, um, I think, like I said, when we started talking is I think as I've started to kind of either have a corresponding experience um, you know, there's some that just have a good beat and you could dance to them like Mary's yeah. place. I, it's just a fun song. It is, you know, um, I mean, I, every, if Rosalita's is on, that's going to be what I'm doing for 11 minutes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's, there's just some songs that, and I think things like, um, I think, uh, the way she's probably a perfect example or the rising, mm. um, where they, they're tied to a certain period. And I think you, you brought up nine 11 and, um, for me, the rising was, the song that jumped off the record for me on that one. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in New York. I grew up eight miles from where the World Trade Center was. Um, so I, I think that song really kind of represented how New York and, and our country really kind of, you know, kind of try to rise Absolutely. from what happened. So, you know, I think different songs mean different things to different people. And, and um, you know, when you can pull out, you know, dozens of, of records that have, are filled with songs like that, that's just an incredible talent. What did you uh, What did you think of Western Stars? I I only have listened to about two or three of the songs. I haven't picked it up yet, okay. um, and I think it came out at a good time because I had my um, the doorway to country music had been open for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think if it came out pre Ken Burns, maybe I would have been not as mm-hmm. open minded. Perhaps I don't know. Have you um, Have you watched the film? I have not. Okay, so um, I. I recommend to, you know, order it on pay-per-view or buy the DVD. Um, and I think I have been told by people that did not like the CD 
when they saw him do it live in the stories he tells. It is a wonderful companion piece to Broadway. Okay. So I, I think it would be interesting to hear you, your thoughts afterwards, and I'd appreciate you can you can email me and say, hey, yeah, Jesse, I watched it and what I thought. So I'd love to read that about what your thoughts well, that's are. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's just it's it's not been a conscious choice. It just sure. hadn't hadn't crossed my radar yet. But the two or three songs I've heard on the radio, I've, I've, been, I've yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, well, and you know, um, raising two teenagers, you're busy. Yeah. It just it 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 just it is. Um, you know, I, I get that. I get that it is a, you know, it is a hectic world out there. So, and I think, you know, and, and I will say that music is, I mean, I have music on all the time. If I'm, right. if I'm studying, if I'm working, if I'm in the car, if I'm working out, there's music on, um, you know, I have, we, we joke about how I can't start something until we have the perfect music for it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's likely something that once I, once I'm exposed to it, I'll, I'll enjoy it because, you know, it's it, 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 musical talent yeah. is there. It's a very different album. And, yeah. and I get, I respect the people that say they don't get it. Um, I, I really like it. But then I grew up in a household that listened to Glenn Campbell. So, right. you know, so there you well, go. Well, I think, you know, we, we, we touch on the country music thing. I remember when, um, when, Bon Jovi put out, I can't remember the name of the album, but it was when he went to Nashville and made a record. Yeah. Um, and there's a song on there that when, it, you know, 15 or 16 year old me that was listening to, you know, living on a prayer would not have liked. Yeah. Um, and, and blanking on the name of the song. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a, it's about looking back and being on the open road and trying to make decisions that, you know, that are bringing you forward and not looking in the rearview mirror yeah. and, you know, that has a country twangish sound to it sure. that, you know, if you're going to be closed minded to the fact that it's got a country sound and that's, you're not going to like it. But, yeah. you know, I think that's, there's a lot of um, influences that when you start to, like you said earlier about things being connected. So I, I think as soon as I listen to it, I'm sure I'll, okay. it'll take some, some reps, but I'm sure I'll get into it. What have I not asked you that I should? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Okay. Well, because while you're asking, I, I always ask this because, um, and I, I do not embarrass him by bringing his name, but I had a conversation with a guy. It was a really good conversation. We enjoyed it. And, you know, I we, we closed the episode over. I said goodbye. And as we're, you know, I was thanking him and he goes, yeah, and next time I got to tell you the time I got drunk with the E Street Band. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not lead with that story, right? right. Um, uh, it'd be kind of like, oh, and next time I should tell you about my, uh, after I went to my first ship brew show, my son getting, you know, attacked by crabs. What? Right. How yeah, do you not happened, tell yeah. that story? Exactly. Um, all right. Well, while you're thinking... Um, I have it on the agenda, the Mary question, and what that means is uh, Jay Armstrong is a honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area, and he um, every year he takes Thunder Road and his seniors study it as a poem. They spend two days going over every line, the imagery and the uh, the poem, the um, the the word choices, um, what the the 
you know, what the, the singer is looking at, what's Mary's thinking at, and they cover all of this. They talk about Robert Frost, the uh, Road Not Traveled, um, comparing it to that. They, they do all this allusions. And then at the end, his question to the class is, does Mary get in the car? Mm. So, Chris, you said Thunder Road is one of your favorite songs, as sure. not surprising. Your question is, does Mary get in the car? I have to say, I don't know that I've taken, I've given that much thought. That's a fantastic question. Um, I guess my initial impression is that uh, she does. And my thought, um, I'm trying not to be colored by the the, the Mary uh, response Yeah, you had recommended I listen yes. to. <laughs> um, because that's certainly a different viewpoint. Um, I guess I took it to be that she's looking for hope and promise as well. And while some of the things that uh, he may have said to her during that, I would, wouldn't go so far to call it a courting, but, uh, you know, his his lead in uh, perhaps were not as charitable as one would like. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe the road she's on is not one that she's happy with. And this is a different direction. And, and it's about taking a chance and, and striking off in a new direction. Good, good. I like that answer. I like that answer. Very good. Um, and by the way, I was just like you when Jay brought that up to me. You know, I was like, of course she gets in the car. You know, the lyrics are, we're pulling out of here to win. And he says, right. if you actually look at the lyrics, I'm pulling out of here to win on the thing. And he says, and it's, it is, he leaves it up to the listener to choose. And so um, I ask every guest that. And uh, it always makes for a fun discussion because um it it is something to think about so good job oh thank you i'm glad you asked that yeah all right so any final thoughts you want to share no i think this has been fun i think one of the things i i um i think i struggle with sometimes is that when when i find people who are fans of anything movies yeah. music um there's the you know how how much do i let someone behind the curtain to know yeah. how big of a fan i am yeah um so I'll share. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan, and that's sure. a recently a, uh, a more controversial thing than you would yeah. think it would become. Um, but it becomes a little bit like you said about the number of shows you've seen, and you know, what did you think about this movie or that choice and yeah. that actor? And man, I just I, I like Star Wars, you know. I, you, and that is well said. Like I am a now I always joke that I I I will pick Star Trek over Star Wars, uh-huh. but. That doesn't mean I don't love Star Wars. I just right. I grew up with Kirk and Spock and McCoy on the Enterprise, right? But I love Star Wars. I remember, you know, I I was in I was a senior. I graduated high school in '77 when it first came out. I went and saw. It was the first movie I can ever remember going to see multiple times. Wow! Right? Like, why would you go to see a movie more than once? Sure. Um, so I get that, and and. And fans can ruin crap. Yes. Right? I mean, just yep. where I just, okay, I don't know all the nuances and, and, and all the different minor characters in the world. I just like watching the movie. Right. right? And it just, it makes me happy. And I think we talked about, so like I said, I, I haven't listened to Western Stars. I've heard, I want to say maybe I've heard two songs. Yeah. So for me to say, well, that album stinks because I don't like country music or I, you know, yeah. I don't like the one song. Okay, that that doesn't mean you don't like it. Yeah, 
And and I also am really upset with someone who'd go, well, why are you having him on the show, Jesse? He hadn't even listened to the latest CD. Why? That's it's. We're all different. We all different. And um, you know, I I don't care if the only CD of Bruce Springsteen's you ever love is Born in the USA. God bless you. Right. You know what? I I think you're missing out on a lot of other great music. But that doesn't make you a bad person. That's okay, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I think I think that's what um, you know when when you talk to people about you know any specific fandom, there's the people that are that you know passionate beyond almost that that top two percent where okay, yeah. pump the brakes, man. That's that's all you got going. Um, there's the the other end of that curve where everything stinks you know the yeah and they go back to the well they were better when this happened or you know after the once they made it big they weren't good anymore oh yeah he's the, lost his touch you know right back yeah i you know when he was a struggling musician that's when he was good right god exactly. forbid he went all hollywood on us exactly yeah so i think there's that you know then you could break the middle part of the curve into any any labels you like but um, I think there's that kind of, like I said, let me let me let you behind my curtain and tell you how much I love this music is a little bit of a leap of faith because, yeah. you know, we may not like the same things about that individual. Like you said, we happen to have a, a, a common thing about Better Days, for example. Yeah. Um, but if I had said, you know, one of the names, if I had said the opposite, I said, oh, one of the songs that makes me angry is, is Better Days. Well, that's a that's a different conversation. Well, what's funny is and my audience is laughing. I am not a fan of Jungle Land. Okay. I just don't get it. Okay. I, I, you know, I and and I recognize it's brilliant. I recognize that sax solo is Angel's voice, but the song doesn't speak to me the way like Better Days does, or One Step Up, or or other songs. Sure. You know, and so, but I would never judge because I recognize I'm the outlier, right? To a point, but I think you know what I what I'll say is that I I would love to have a conversation. Say I have no idea what like I said earlier. I have no idea what the song's about. To me, it's just a fun song, and I sing yeah. along. And sometimes my son will say, "What does he mean by that?" I'm like, ah, "I don't know." You know. Yeah. I know. He, I know he drove over a bridge. You know. But well, and uh, you know, like um, in storytellers, he you know he talks a little bit. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but he has the VH1 storytellers, and he talks about some of the lyrics. And he says, was I consciously thinking of that when I wrote it? Probably not. But I was feeling all of it, you know? And I think ultimately, I think that I think that's a perfect example. That's a song that makes me happy. I have no foundation for why it makes me happy. You know, I, I, it's not tied to a period of my life. It's not um, there's no one lyric that makes me go oh, that. Yeah, that's it. I just when it comes on, I just know I'm. That's what I'm doing for nine minutes. Um, yeah. So I think you know when when I think about different fan groups and um, I think you you kind of struck it when we first started that look we all come in different shapes and sizes and you yeah. know if the one commonality is we have a love of this music mm-hmm. you know my favorite song may be different than your favorite song but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to see Blinded by the Light? I haven't. Okay, so um, Western Stars, Blind of the Light, good double feature. Okay. But when you see it, he, the the main character becomes 
obsessed with Bruce and his music. And what my wife is a casual fan at best. Like she, she enjoys seeing him perform live and she's gone to two shows, um, three shows. And, and she will like once, like she's, she didn't go this last tour. Um, but she's like, I'm ready to go the next time he tours. I'd like to see him perform once and one's enough for her. Um, but she said that movie, she goes, it showed the blind side tunnel vision you get as a new convert. Like, you know, when you like the, a fanatical Yankees fan that just becomes this, this, you know, the Yankees are it. And that's they we live and die that pinstripe or, you know, someone who's been a newly, um, conversion uh to a church or a musician and all of a sudden it's the greatest thing ever and and the film shows that in a loving way and i think that's that's the first thing i started thinking about when you started talking about fandom and and chris it means a lot to me that you opened up your heart and and your soul to share your feelings knowing that this is a safe place where i'm not going to judge you and that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, 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 in truth, didn't know what I was walking myself into. So I appreciate that you, you gave that, uh, you gave that impression and allowed me to feel that comfortable. Good. Very nice. All right. Well, um, I've kept you long enough. Um, I see your lovely bride in the background, probably going, "What are you talking? Who are you talking to? <laughs> what the hell is this?" Um, so. Um, if someone wants to reach you, are you on social media and do you want to share your Twitter handle? Sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is, I'm make sure I spell it correctly. Uh, it's at uh, lowercase n-u-p-t-1995. Okay. And I will include that in the show notes. Um, hang tight while I do a little business. If you want to be on the show, everyone's welcome. Uh, just several ways you can reach me. You can go, I'm on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is on Twitter at Set Lessing Bruce. You can email me at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. Uh, com is our website. From there, you can reach old episodes. You can look at uh, links to other Springsteen podcasts um, and blogs and friends of the show. From there, you can see our patron page. If you want to kick a couple of bucks a month to help me talk to every Springsteen fan in the world, I, I can. I would appreciate it. Um, go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast, and tell a Springsteen fan about the show so we can get more listeners. Um, Chris, I, I just appreciate you so much. This was, this was fun. And I hope this was you a lot had of fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Good. Um, I hope you and your family stay safe during these uh, troublesome times. Thank you. I hope the same to you. Uh, yes, it is. Um, you know, um, I, I think you're right. Better days are ahead and we need to, you know, you know what's sad is um, we're watching the Queen. The Queen did a speech about this, and um, and she said that there will be better days. Hmm. And I was like, yes, the Queen's a Bruce fan. <laughs> and my wife threw something at me. Uh, so um, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for um, your passion. And uh, wish you and your family best of luck. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk again someday. 
Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate the opportunity. This was a lot of fun. All right. Sounds good. Good night, everyone. See you later. Bye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.